Well, Spassky is waiting. Right, and it, uh, waiting and wondering whether Bobby will show or not show. And there's absolutely dead silence in the hall. Spassky is pacing, he's nervous, and... Wait, here comes Fisher, coming on the stage, saying that he was caught in traffic. On September 1st, 1972, a historic chess match occurred in Reykjavik, Iceland. A chess match that will be dubbed as the match of the century. American chess champion Bobby Fischer was going against Russian player Boris Basky. This represented the deep conflict between the two big powers at the time, the US and the USSR. It was a conflict of ideologies and ideals, and it was represented the deep political divide between the two countries. Hello! In today's podcast, we'll be exploring how chess represents deep conflict inside society, and how these conflicts have come to shape chess today. Chess is a game in which there are nine pieces who move in unique ways. Two players play chess until one player resigns, gets checkmated, or there's a mutual draw. Chess also has a unique history. There are records of chess almost 1,500 years ago, and the rules of chess have been revised and changed since then. Now let's answer the first question about the conflict that chess represents. The bulk of our conversation will be taking place from 1947 to 1991, the period known as the Cold War. The Cold War was a time of great conflict between the US in the USSR, which is now Russia. At the heart of conflict was chess. There was a lot of conflict and tension inside the chess community. For example, renowned player Bobby Fischer accused the Russians of rigging the tournament. There was also a lot of pressure for countries to prove themselves and boost their reputation. The financial slater even said, Fisher is known to be graceless, rude, and possibly insane. I really don't worry about that, because I didn't do it for that reason. I did it because he was going to challenge the Russian supremacy, and that was go for chess. In many ways, this was like the space race, both countries racing to see who can get to the finish line first. Let's take another look at a more recent example. And again, the two countries in question is America and Russia. This example is less focused on games and more focused on institution. As Russia went on with the Ukrainian invasion, the International Chess Federation banned Belarusian and Russian players. This is a massive move as many Russians are prestigious chess players. In fact, Russians take up 20% of the top 100 players. Now let's see how this conflict affects chess today. Chess today is highly competitive, as Chinese people, American people, Russian people, and people with other nationalities compete in tournaments. I think the conflict has greatly shaped this competitive environment in chess. I think this is because the rivalry represented by chess was carried over to the next generations. This is because the deep political divide and the political difference still exist today, and chess is a stage for those conflicts to play out. For example, there's still deep ideological differences between the US and Russia. This is usually shown in the hostility America and Russia has towards each other in the status quo. 
Before we finish, let's summarize this podcast. We talked about how chess is a stage for global conflicts and gave some example of these conflicts. These conflicts intention have been carried on to the present day. We have also talked about how chess can represent deep ideological and political divides. Finally, we talked about what chess looks like today and how this competitive environment was shaped. As both countries battle for geopolitical control, maneuver their pieces on the board, and sacrifice countless pawns, the big question is if this battle will continue forever, or if one side will be able to declare checkmate. This is all for today's podcast. Thank you for listening, and see you next time.